You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Gentlemen, let's get into it. Let's not waste any time. Pro Football Focus recently released what it was is rankings for 131 teams. But out of that came a tweet that basically put together its power rankings uh, for the SEC teams. Little shock or surprise to see where Auburn landed as it relates to other teams in the SEC and where they landed. Uh, we could pull it up and see what that looks like, shall we? So, without further ado, this is Pro Football Focus SEC Power Ranking, starting with number one, Georgia, number two, Alabama, number three, LSU. And by the way, LSU out of 131 teams came in eighth. Behind them was Tennessee, which came in at ninth and fourth in the power rankings. Florida was ranked 14th out of 131 teams, coming in at five. Arkansas was 18th, coming in at number six in the power rankings. Kentucky was ranked 22nd, coming in at seven. South Carolina, I'm sorry, Kentucky was 19th, coming in at seventh. South Carolina was 22nd, coming in at number eight in the power rankings. Uh, 23rd uh, in the nation was Mississippi State, coming in at nine. From there, you had Texas A&M. Uh, coming in uh, was the 28th team. They came in in the power rankings at 10. Missouri, 33, 33rd in the nation, coming in at 11. And Auburn, come, or Ole Miss, rather, coming in at 34th in the nation, 12th overall in the power rankings. Auburn came in at 40th in the nation, coming in at 13th. And Vandy at 84, coming in last in the SEC Power Rankings. Initial thoughts, be will I pass it to you. You look disgusted. Initial thoughts here. We looked at Florida's schedule to determine the number of wins that we thought they would have on the season. And we couldn't find six as a unit. We couldn't agree on six wins on Florida's schedule. But they're the fifth best team in the conference. And what was the number in the nation that PFF has? 14th. 14th. Now, we swear by pro football focus now. A lot of these, a lot of these evaluations are individual players. But we, pro right. football focus is the only place that's doing these evaluations in a numeric fashion for us to look at. Fair enough. Right. It's not that we, we swear by their data because we have no other way to standardize our evaluations of performances of teams, players, and units. We have no other way of doing it. We could say, hey, what was a QB's passer rating or QBR? But outside of that, we can't see every offensive line play to say, oh, that offensive line was good. That tight end played well. or That running back picked up all his assignments. We don't know. They supposedly graded, so we use them as a metric for that. That don't mean I agree with this shit right here. What the hell is this? <laughs> I, I still can't see six wins on Florida's schedule, but they're 14th in the nation. Arkansas loses 
everything that was good about them the previous year, it leaves the next year. And you're expecting them to just, uh, I'm having a really hard time here. I don't know how they got here. So what they're saying is Florida will lose their first round draft pick and actually get better. I mean, that. so that's not even a, a stretch because he didn't look like he was 100% executing their you saw their well. You saw what their QBs looked like in spring, though, right? And that's why we couldn't pick six wins. It, it's not a stretch that they could get okay. better after Richardson because if you have something that you have players that are now there to execute exactly what you want, then sure, you can be better than having an Anthony Richardson who, like Kenny B. tell it on the Amen Corner podcast, was protecting himself for his draft status going into the NFL draft. He wasn't willing to do a whole bunch of running. Um, he wasn't willing to do everything that the offense required. He was just trying to be productive enough to get drafted, and he did a very good job of that, apparently. But still, Florida Florida's schedule is tough enough that how are you, even if you put them 14, let's, let's, not worry about the, their rank in the conference for a second. How is Florida 14th if their over-under is like five and a half? How is that possible? I, I get pro football focus isn't making the Las Vegas lines. Who can see, who in pro football focus said, I can definitely see them winning seven to eight games, eight games at least to be ended up ranked 14th in the country? For them to be the 14th ranked uh, team in the country, they got to win like eight games, right? There's no seven and five team is going to be ranked 14th at the end of the year. So what what games are they going to win? How many of those games are they winning? And, and what do you see them winning it with? Did their players grade out that well over the course of last season that the ones came back said, oh, he's definitely going to kill it. He's definitely going to kill it. Do what? What do they know that I don't know? Because yeah. I don't see it. I'm assuming that they're going off of the average player grade that they have accumulated for each of these guys, including the transfers that came into the program. Um, but, you know, I don't know how they're projecting forward on guys who haven't played. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know where the numbers are coming from that allow them to get to this. But I'm assuming that it has to be like, we're going to take the average grade for all the players that we have on each of these teams and then force rank them based upon that. And if there's ties, we're going to break that tie with, I don't know. I, yeah. I I don't see it. I don't see it. The fact that Graham Mertz is their quarterback, to me, like you, your bottom quarter of the league automatically. You are no higher than than tenth in the in the conference with Graham Mertz at quarterback. I I don't get this. This doesn't make any sense to me. Now that's just Florida. Arkansas again. I've got a problem with Arkansas being right there because everybody's so high on KJ Jefferson. Oh, and he's a fourth year. If KJ Jefferson was going to be a phenomenal quarterback and make a phenomenal jump, it would have happened between his 2021 and 2022 season. He's okay. He's a really big guy who can can power run. He is okay. They were not phenomenally unstoppable other than teams who had no defense. Did they run over us? Yes, our, our run defense was terrible last year. They ran over BYU. Run defense was terrible last year. Liberty who uh, apparently, I don't know, our coaching staff isn't full of all-stars, but somehow our coaching staff found a way to go to Arkansas and hold them to under 20 points to beat them with a defensive line that, as we talked about last week, was the number one defensive line in the country last year at generating negative yards against opposing offenses. We Arkansas can't just run against everybody. They've got a great running back. They've got an okay quarterback. 
and I don't know what else they got. Like, to, honestly, that's that's the extent of it. They had defensive problems all over the field. They lost a couple of very good defensive players who had been injury prone, weren't on the field a lot. But you will hold on one moment. I'll put a pin right there. Okay, I can't read. So actually, Florida is actually twentieth, mm-hmm. which puts them behind Kentucky. Okay. So actually move everyone else up. So you can still go off on Arkansas. Continue your point. Okay. <laughs> but Arkansas is now where Florida is at number five. So continue, be well. And that's just, I would actually, Florida and Arkansas are two sides of the same coin to me. They are. I, I don't I don't have any, Arkansas has a slightly easier schedule and there's probably slightly worse than Florida. Florida has more talent, but they have a harder schedule. I think they'll both end up somewhere between five and seven wins. Seven wins being the ceiling for either one of those guys. I don't know how that gets you the top half of the conference, though. Like, top half of the conference, I guess it's, is it possible that everybody's okay so the top half of the conference includes some seven and five teams? Perhaps. I just don't see it, man. I do not see it. I don't see it for Arkansas. I don't see it for Florida. Arkansas, I mean, one of the things they're boasting with Arkansas is his run game. Obviously, you know K.J. Jefferson mm-hmm. is there, but it's it's it, they're loving Raheem Sanders, who is actually a pretty uh, good back. He is. But they're, they're, they're relying on them to kind of be a power run team and really take advantage of opponents this year. That's, that's, that's what they're, they're, they're hanging their hat on. Yeah, that, that works when you play teams that, don't have the horses to stop it. And maybe there will be a few on Arkansas' schedule, but I also know a couple teams on Arkansas' schedule that, that aren't going for that. At least three or four that will just be built up front enough to go, nah, that's okay. That's not going to happen. And then you still have to have a good enough defense to stop the other teams who, even though they might not be strong enough to stop you up front, they can outscore you. KJ Jefferson, I, I know they like to make him uh, Cam Newton, but he is not. We've seen that. We We've experienced that firsthand. We beat them soundly two years ago. And last year, again, we had a lot of problems. But nothing about what I've seen from K.J. Jefferson was just jaw-dropping to me. He's made some very good plays. He's okay. But if he was as good as pro football folks and everybody else wants him to be, Arkansas would win more games. They would have won more games the last two seasons. He's not that guy. He's decent. He's not that guy. So I strongly disagree with Arkansas and Florida being in the top half of, of this of this 14 team ranking. Mm-hmm. Ike. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I don't actually understand Bama being at number two, to be honest with you. Hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I we're gonna talk about our list. I'm not mad if you put LSU, sneak LSU in the end of number two. I would put LSU at number two. I right wouldn't be now. mad at that. I'm not. Um, I'm not mad at that one. So here, okay. So all right, let me let me pull this up because I, I I read this and then because I was trying to figure out okay how did they get to what they got because they have Bama at number two overall, right? Yes. And they have a write-up on the top 25. And this is what they say about Alabama in their write-up. PFF says in their article, Alabama is coming off of a disappointing season for its standards by finishing 11-2 and while missing the college football playoff. The Crimson Tide entered this year with two new coordinators and must replace three top 15 picks in the 2023 draft, one of them being quarterback Bryce Young, the first overall selection. Still, the last time head coach Nick Saban went consecutive years without making the college football playoff or BCS National Championship was 2007-2008, his first two years at the helm. Doubt him at your own risk. This seems to be solely based off of 
they ain't going to be there two years in a row, right? Nothing you said here. They were disappointing last year. They got to replace a bunch of productivity. They have two new coordinators, but Nick Saban's the coach. They're not going to be that bad two years in a row. Right. That's literally the, you, you just wasted two paragraphs to say Nick Saban's the coach. Without any context, you would have thought a Bama fan wrote that one. Yeah. That, they're, just, they're just basically just saying, but it's Bama with Nick Saban. Of course, they're the second best team in the country. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you got LSU. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I, I always like to pick on um, this program, but Ole Miss is at number 12. Mm-hmm. What's so interesting about this, Ike, is – and B, is that Pro Football Focus also recently put out an article as the top 10 QB rooms in the nation. Ole Miss was number four on that list. Wow. So we know Which their defense like, is really suspect. Now I'm super confused then because a lot of the stuff that they're giving people is based on their quarterback. Right. So they're the top four QB room in the nation. We know their defense is not good, but they're somehow the 12th team in the SEC. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't understand it because they're giving Mississippi State 23rd in the country. And most of, again, when you read what they say about them, has to do with the fact that they're returning the quarterback again, right. who they think is really good. Right. But you literally know nothing else about this team. Right. Nothing. Right. Like, you know what defense they're going to run, but Zach, Ar right. it, Zach Arnett, as the head coach, is he going to be good in that spot to right. be able to keep them from messing up stuff on the offensive side? Is he going to be like, a, hey, I ain't touching the offense, you go for it guy. But, like, you don't know what kind of fourth down play caller he or decision maker he's going to be as a coach. You don't know, you know, he's going to be like, hey, man, go for it because I trust my defense type of thing, right? Like, I don't, you don't know any of that about him. So that's, a, that's assuming a lot from Zach Garnett, who has not, he's only coached one game as, as in the, uh, a bowl game. That was it. Right, right. There's so much that he hadn't been prepared for before last offseason that he's now going to be taking on in addition to turning over all of those roster spots. Like, he had to turn into the chief recruiter. For not only the defense, which he had been doing as the defense coordinator, but for the offense as well. They lost key wide receivers, key running backs. I don't know how. I know they actually lost at least one or one guy on the offensive line because he got drafted. I saw that. They've lost enough talent for this to be go, okay, you're Mississippi State, though. You can't just reload. You're not built to reload like that. Mike Leach had a system and a promise of offense that attracted offensive linemen, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. You don't have that anymore. So people can come back and maybe you could could have pitched some guys to say, hey, you can play with Will Rogers one year. Okay, I'll sign up for that. He knows what he's doing. But is it the exact same offense still even? No, it's not the same offense. And There's, Will Rogers has always played in an air raid type system, even coming out of high school. This is his first new different system. This I, That's reason enough to question putting them. I'd have them in the bottom four. And it's not even because I think, oh, they're the worst at everything. no. You changed way too much stuff. You lost Freaks. your top running back? Nah. Nah, man. Big nah. time receiver. Well, uh, and I guess that's the thing that, that baffles me about Mississippi State, right? Like, when I look at what Auburn has and, and, and where they're ranked or where we're ranked, right? Um, 
Like they have a lot of the same questions. That the only question that they don't have to answer that Auburn has to is who's going to be the starting quarterback. Like literally everything else, they've got to answer all of those. They've lost most of their productivity on offense. And the defense, they're still trying to figure that out as far as returners. So I just don't, I don't, I don't understand why they're ranked so high in the country, number one, but right. then so high in the conference when they have so many unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Auburn. Let's talk about where they have Auburn. Auburn is pretty much the Vandy of the Western of the of the West Division. Pretty That's what much. The street's saying. Um, obviously there's question marks on this team. A lot of changes, new coaching staff, uh, a lot of new players inserted onto the, into the offensive roster who we expect to contribute. But is that worst, almost next to worst in the SEC in your guys' opinion? I mean, it's hard for me to, again, I, it's hard for me with, with no bias to say absolutely not. Um, but it's also hard for me to look at what some of these other teams are on paper and say that they're better than Auburn on paper. Mm-hmm. Again, because I'm assuming this is all based on paper, right? Like on paper, right. it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like on paper, I think from a talent perspective and just from a coaching perspective. So again, let's take the Mississippi State scenario. On paper, you're telling me Mississippi State plus an unexperienced coach is that many steps ahead of Auburn on paper. Right. Like, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that because you at least have an experienced coach taking over the helm at Auburn and a bunch of guys on this team that are, whether they've done it at Auburn or not, are good at what they do. Right. I think we've got the coaching advantage. We've got the coaching advantage over, definitely over Mississippi State at this point. Over Ole Miss, whether y'all want to believe that or not. I mean, I think Lane Kiffin's a, a big name, but I don't think he's any more than a big name, to be honest with you. And I think that's going to be the story of his coaching career. But we can talk about that another day. Over Arkansas, I really like Sam Pittman. And I like T. Will. But top to bottom, you don't have the the talent, especially on the offensive side anymore. Arkansas replay, uh, loses uh, Kendall Browse, too. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Like, you, you, you're telling me you lost one of the best offensive coordinators. I'd say maybe top 10, 15 offensive coordinators in the nation, and you're better? Mm-mm, no, buddy. I, I'm not buying that. I'm, I'm not buying continuity, as I will say now and have continued to say forever. It's extremely important in football, man. You line up and you do something different than you did for, what, the last year, two years under Kendall Browse. It makes a difference. Somebody's going to come in and ask you to do something different. They're going to have to learn what you're good at. You're going to have to learn what they want you to do. And it's going to take some time for you to get there. Now, teams like Arkansas who aren't talent rich, you don't have time to figure it out before you face some teams that can beat you because almost everybody on your schedule can beat you outside of a couple of cupcakes. You don't have this, my talent will just carry me, period, that a lot of teams have. You're doing some new stuff and you don't really know what you're doing yet, you're going to lose. That's why... Lack of continuity at uh, Arkansas. Lack of continuity at Mississippi State. I guess they got continuity at Ole Miss. I think Lane Kiffin's just overrated. He just doesn't have. They he doesn't have DC the though. That's true. Oh, they got Pico. <laughs> <laughs> every time you, every time that light bulb comes on, oh, and man. you realize who the DC at Ole Miss oh, is. Oh man, I keep forgetting that they got Pete Golding. 
I it's like a Bamba so junkyard. It, is so- <laughs> it was like a, a, a bargain bin sale at, at Alabama because the fans had made enough noise to get them out of here. And uh. Lane was like, sure, we'll get them. It's no problem. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be awful. That defense wasn't good anyway. <laughs> and they got a dude who couldn't put it together and create some some lockdown defenses with the talent that Bama had. But I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. That's going that's gonna be this gonna be an interesting year for Lane and them. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I think I think uh and, and there's a there's a comment here I'm gonna get to. We're gonna get to a lot of you guys' comments, but I know uh Chris S says if Bama gets the benefit of the doubt for being Bama, Auburn should get the same. I think some of the benefit of the doubt is coming from obviously teams who have been successful, even if it's been recent, a one-off, or just years of success. And I think that's what you're seeing at the top two. Um, even with LSU, um, obviously you have expectations of um, Kelly doing stepping, taking LSU another step further. He took him to the SEC Championship of year one, so obviously you're expecting them to improve and become cemented at the top. So I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at Tennessee. Uh, the way they went out, they went strong, even in the bowl game against Clemson, beating them. Um, they had a strong 11-2 and two season. Could have gotten to the playoff if it wasn't for that freak injury uh, that caused them to drop that game. So I'm not mad at that. But what's questionable is, how are your Kentuckys and your Florida, how are your Floridas getting the benefit of the doubt? How are these schools South getting Carolina the benefit of the doubt? South Carolina got the benefit of the doubt from them too, right? Like, I didn't, yeah. man, bro, like. That's, that's I, I what's questionable. Understand, I understand the South Carolina thing. I, I don't, when, again, I I'm don't not understand. mad at South Carolina. It's just, I'm mad at Florida. I'm mad it's, at Mississippi State. It's the lack of, uh, uh, this is the same problem I had. What was the last list that we were looking at when we were doing I this? I don't know. We, we um, look at so many this time. Oh, it was, this co- it, was, it, was, it was the coaching <laughs> ranking, right? Right. Oh, uh, right. yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so if you're using this criteria, then I get it, right? But that criteria, that criteria needs to be consistent throughout the entirety of the list. So if you're saying it is... We're taking all of the talent evaluations that we did for all of the players and we're putting that into some cumulative thing and we're taking the average of all that and blah, blah, blah. And Auburn has the 13th ranked cumulative PFF average player rating of all the schools in the SEC. Fine. I don't believe that, and I haven't gone to look, right? So I, we can go run the numbers, and we can see, and we can go look, and we can see, okay, maybe that makes it make sense. If, if, if we're ranked number 13 in the SEC— Based upon what you have as talent evaluation from what PFF does from their statistical analysis of how players do, blah, 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 then okay, it at least is objective, right? But then you have to make me believe that somehow LSU isn't on par with Bama. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. Like, I, I need to see the number because LSU can continually will have some of the best classes in the country. Mm-hmm. They didn't turn over a lot of talent in this offseason as far as the portal is concerned. Right. And they have more continuity at the quarterback position. So and how is see. LSU below Alabama? That doesn't make sense to me. Because Nick Saban. That's the answer. Right. And so now if you're going to then give me subjective criteria, and this is where I get to my South Carolina conversation, South Carolina has a lot of subjectivity in their uh, analysis of this because they're talking about, oh, well, they beat Tennessee and Clemson at the end of the season. We 
Tennessee's quarterback was hurt. It's not the same kind of situation. Well, to be no, that he was hurt after that game was over. Like they were down triple. Uh, well, I mean, that's that. You're scores. right. You're right. He that was game, he that got game, hurt during that. They got whooped before he got hurt. They, he did fair. get hurt during that game. Yeah, but I just don't. I don't see South Carolina from a so. But okay, so let me go back a step though. From a talent perspective, if they were like neck and neck, and then you took the head to head last year, and you were like, okay, well, this is why I'm gonna bump. But that's not what I'm seeing right here. Right. Like I just I, again, you're you're yeah, interjecting uh, sub- subjective criteria D- Darius, into it at some point in time. Darius uh, is saying, uh, appreciate you, but he was like, if you're doing that, then Tennessee should be in front of LSU. I mean, they should. They should because they stomped them last year. But <laughs> Tennessee's great, got enough turnover, which is a great point. Which is a Tennessee, great point. Tennessee has the momentum. They, they've had good recruiting momentum as well, but they've also had a good showing from Joe Milton late, right? That you can right. say— and So, well, so again, why. from a talent perspective, Tennessee shouldn't be this high on this list. I don't think so. Not, not with—okay, well, that's, that, that's me being subjective about Joe Milton because I don't believe Bro, it, I, so. I still don't believe it. Last, the end of last season was smoke and mirrors in my head until I see different from Joe yeah, Milton. Yeah, he's going to show me something. Yeah, buddy. You can you can't play like you did the first two couple games of twenty twenty one. Never play again for a year and a half and come out and have a couple good games. As far as I'm concerned, what you are good at and not good at, they just haven't been scouting you because you haven't been playing. Give them give them a few games to scout you and get under your skin. We'll see what's up. Uh, Juice Heist PFF is putting a lot of faith in Kentucky. Fools gold. Yeah. The, so here's the thing about Kentucky that's interesting to me. I knew Will Levis wasn't an all-world quarterback. I, they were kind of hyping him up because Kentucky had a really good season in 2021. Some of that was the OC that he had. And the reason they looked so much worse in 2022 was that that OC went, I think he went back to the NFL. Um, if I remember correctly, he is a, who was the the coach of the Los Angeles Rams? The head coach, McVay? Yeah. He was a McVay disciple, so an assistant there. And he came and he started working for Kentucky. Uh, excuse me, no, he went to Penn State first, if I'm not mistaken, and then he went to Kentucky. And that's when Will Levis got his first start in 2021. That guy left and went elsewhere. I don't want to say exactly where because I don't know for sure. And then they got significantly worse. But a part of that was also they had really bad O-line play in Kentucky, which is not usual for Kentucky because they usually play great along the offensive line. They did not have a great offensive line year last year. Um... I don't know more than who the quarterback is because I think, honestly, Devin Leary, based on the hype and the metrics that I've read about him, and Will Levis, they're probably equally as good. Are they equally as good pro prospects? No, that's not what I'm saying because Leary doesn't have the size, the stature that Levis does, that pros love. But as far as effectiveness in a game, yes, I think they're comparable. So I don't think they took a step back at Kentucky. I don't think they took a step forward either necessarily. I think the biggest difference is that OC is coming back. They did a year without him. They were like, no, listen, we can't do it. Please come back. I'm pretty sure you got a nice little pay bump or something. That OC is back, but did they fix the offensive line? We can talk about offensive coordinators and, and quarterbacks all day, but we've seen here at Auburn between 2018 and 2022, you ain't doing jack without an offensive line, buddy. Like, you can't. You, you can do something. You're not winning more than nine games. Like, that's probably your ceiling unless your offensive line is good so did they fix that i don't know because i don't follow kentucky recruiting um i just i'm assuming that they're expecting a lot like maybe they know they're the talent that kentucky is bringing maybe they got a kentucky guy that's covering kentucky and that knows as much about their recruiting situation as we know about ours 
and says, "You look, they brought in this guy and that guy, and they signed. They got a guy that was redshirted last year. He's going to be great. Cool. Okay, you think their offensive lines is going to be better? Cool. I know that they lost a great running back in Rodriguez, who made something out of nothing a lot with that line last year. Uh, they lost Cavassier Smoke. I, I I don't know what they see in Kentucky other than." Here's a quarterback that isn't as bad as it would have been for them if they had to start over. So maybe between that and the OC, they think they'll make some magic. But no, I I am with you. I don't think Kentucky is top half of the conference next year. I don't think they they finish seventh or better. I think they finish eighth or worse as far as conference record next year. Conference record. Okay. Yes. That's that's fair. They have a very weak non-conference schedule. They could very easily go eight and four. I, they look like they can finish about five hundred mm. in the SEC. Right. I think right. they can go four and four in the SEC. But that would put you, depending on how it, how this works, this puts you right around that seven mark. I don't know about six, but it puts you kind of right around in that little neighborhood. And I, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we start putting together lists because when we start looking at each individual team, and I think we, in, an, in a previous live that we did, we were kind of looking at what we think they could do this year. There were a lot of seven and fives. There were a lot of six and six. I think we did the over mm-hmm. on what, what Vegas had predicted for them in terms of wins. There was a lot of seven-win teams, mm-hmm. maybe eight. There was a lot of those teams. So that'll put you right in that little middle section right there. So we'll we'll definitely break that down further. All right, appreciate that, Juice Heist. 22 Busy says power rankings have nothing to do with records. I agree. It has everything to do with it's June and we got to put some content out. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it has to do with. And it helps us, too, to talk about it. Uh, Chris S. says, to be fair, they always say Bama can't reload this year and somehow they always end up end back up on top. Well, they they always reload. But again, my problem is not that you want to give Bama the well, no, my problem is that you want to give Bama the benefit of the doubt. It's that that everything else that you said about them was like they got a lot of questions to answer, but it's Nick Saban. There was no analysis. Right. So if 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 that's the way that we're going to do this, then Let's let's just be subjective then. Like, is it a, is it an objective list based upon data and analysis, or is it a subjective list based upon? Well, it is Bama, so they must be the number two team power ranking wise in the country because Nick Saban. And if right. that's what we're doing, then yeah, of course. Like, yeah, let's just let's just throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> Nick Saban, All right. Nah. All right. And to be and to Chris S, because I know you said. Bama always seems to reload, right? I am working on a very sneaky, um, low-key Bama slander theorem <laughs> that says... Low-key? Is, is Bama slander. Yeah. Okay. Is right. Nick Saban... <laughs> is Kirby Smart better than Nick Saban as a head coach? And the reason why is that when Nick Saban entered the SEC, there were no monsters in the SEC. He got to get here and build the monster fresh off the NFL, which is still admirable. Like, again, we Nick Saban gets a lot of credit for a lot of things. I think the thing he deserves credit the most for is building the program, literally the program, not X's and O's. I've never thought he was good at that. Building the program that generated the type of results he did when he first got here in 2007. However, there were no monsters to slay. 
LSU was always talented. Florida. Florida. Well, as we know now, the that Urban was gonna, Meyer Florida team. That was about to end no matter what. I don't think, sure. I don't think he did that. I think that was going to self destruct no matter what. I mean, they were winning a champion. They were winning championships. Yeah, I say, when, I'd when, say the LSU and that Florida, those Florida teams were probably yeah. the best teams in the conference during that time. Yeah, they were. And what I mean by monsters though are where they everything was clicking and they were unstoppable, or did LSU and Florida just have stupid amounts of talent that? made them the best teams, much more talented. And I say that because Georgia was extremely talented as well, but it seemed that they didn't really have the coach to get them over the top. Fair. The combination of coach and talent is something that Alabama was the first team to put together completely. Like, Les Miles was an, a mediocre coach, but the talent was that's, just That's unreal. why I would say still say Florida, because that Urban Meyer coaching situation. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But as soon as that talent left, it all fell apart. Like that, that, that was it. Whether they left because, you know, they stole a laptop or they left because they graduated after two Heismans or they left because they went to the NFL. Once the, the bulk of that talent left, that was the end of the Florida run. So both talent and coaching, it was Florida. And then Nick Saban got there and he really did it better and he sustained it better because I think he's a better program manager than Urban Meyer is. And I think that's evident at this point in the game. So yeah. what I'm saying is Kirby, Kirby Smart has to slay a giant in Alabama that Alabama didn't have to slay. And Alabama didn't just self-destruct like Florida did. Like, they've been on the block. When you can slay the Giant on his watch, which is like, we talk about, uh, this is way off topic. I'm sorry, y'all. I love y'all so much. When you're talking about winning rings in the NBA, right, and people say, oh, well, nobody won a ring on Jordan's watch. That's why he's the GOAT. I mean, Jordan's the GOAT for many reasons. That's one of the reasons. How can LeBron be heard, the biggest bully? Kenny. Do you hear that, Kenny? <laughs> How can LeBron be the GOAT if everybody's winning rings while he's on the clock? That's like a security guard sitting and looking at the, the monitor like, hey, man, they stealing stuff. Mm. That's a shame. You going to do something about it? Why are you even employed here? Get out of here. Kirby is winning while Clemson is up, while Bama is up. I'm listening to the number of LeBron fans who are triggered right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? I thought I heard something. Because the next time, and this is, again, to bolster my case, the next time a coach and talent situation popped up, they beat Bama, Clemson. The very next time any combination of coach and talent, where they're both there at the same time, Nick Saban is like 500 maybe against these teams where they actually have it together. If it's a one-off, then yeah, like any team can get lucky every other few years. Auburn did it. Sure, we had our time and moment in 2013 and then again kind of in 2017. But a consistent bully on the block, can you bully that bully? Kirby has done that. He's beaten Clemson. Well, they weren't even great last year, but he's done that. He's beaten, uh, whatever, what was the name? Baker Mayfield and whatever. They were flashing the pan. But Lincoln, Riley, he had something cooking there, but he's beaten them. And he's beaten Bama. And he's done it back-to-back in an era where there were much more talented teams and coach combinations than there were in 2011 and 2012. That's all I'm saying. Are there other bullies on the block? No. Well, no wonder you were winning everything. If there are bullies on the block and you are now the big bully on the block, I think that's more impressive. I think a lot more of that, of, of Kirby Smart for that reason. And to circle all that back to Chris's comment, it's not that Bama can't reload. They have never dropped out of the top three in talent, but have they looked like a top three team the last four years? Five, six, right? They've still getting run out of the playoffs by Clemson in 2018. That was six years ago. They got skunked 
like past the sticks, like your opponent has disconnected, beaten by Clemson in a playoff. That used to be hallowed territory for Nick Saban. Y'all remember like, don't give Nick Saban uh, this many weeks like it mattered. That wasn't a real thing. The thing was he had way more talent than everybody in Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame in 2012 was a fair matchup. That wasn't a fair matchup, but y'all tried to make it a fair matchup, the, the media and stuff. Oh, well, give Nick Saban this time. No, gotta, give him that gotta, much more talent. You got to sell tickets and get... I know they got to sell tickets. On, I know it. I know Just it. Just be fair. But all I'm saying was, 2012, the, the closest competition was Mark Rick and Georgia, and that was definitely the national championship game between Bama and Georgia. It was a great game. Mark Rick was not that coach, though. Talent, George always had it. Mark Rick wasn't their coach. The minute Clemson got on the block, they started taking Bama's lunch. That's all I'm saying. Nick Saban has not slayed the Giants nearly as much as Kirby has in his current iteration. And that's why I don't think it's as simple as Bama reloading. It can't as just the, be talent. As of the past four years, you mean? Right. They beat him in 2017. Granted, and I still think that that, that was a miraculous turn of events. I think that was kind of lucky, too. I do. I didn't game plan for your backup quarterback. How could I stop you? But Jalen Hurts, they were doing diddly squat up until with Jalen Hurts in the game. He was Kirby was prepared for one guy. I don't think it was a it was a good thing you had a quarterback that was competent in your back pocket. Yes, it was. Nick Saban ain't bullying the bullies, man. He never has. I said it was going to be short. I went around the block. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said I. I <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm let I'm gonna let you get off on that. I don't I don't have any rebuttals necessarily. I, I have a lot of rebuttals to this nonsense LeBron stuff people are saying in the comments, but we're not going there. We're not going there. Not yeah. going there. We're gonna we're gonna keep it with Auburn. Bankroll blockade says LSU really number one. They actually know who their QB is. Referring to these other schools here that are up the top: Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Darius comes back and says number five through number thirteen is a toss up. More on that later. More on that later. Um, he actually is echoing some of my sentiments when we get when we begin to put together uh, a list of our own. James Barnett says, "Fellas, is it fair to always factor in the number of five the number of five star players you have to determine this?" I say that because the last couple of college football playoff teams didn't have many five stars. Um, I, I think the people making these lists will. They will say, oh, they've been recruiting great and they got this much talent. And I do think there's something to that if the coach has proven that he can put that talent in a very good position to thrive, that they can identify and develop that talent into being the best it can be. Then you can say for sure. I think you can give Georgia the benefit of that doubt. Less so with Alabama these days, because honestly, man, they I don't know. It's a couple like, what's his name? Kool-Aid McKinstry, right? Five star. I remember his recruitment. Like, now we're getting to the point where we're old enough where we remember the recruitment of these guys. So for it to be draft night and then those guys either are going undrafted or drafted very late. It's like, I don't know, Nick. What, what, what's going on, buddy? It used to be a sure thing. Bama, y'all going to win so many games and you go in the first couple of rounds, but not no more. So I say I, I think you have to give it to Kirby in that sense that, yes, he everybody he's bringing in, they're going first couple of rounds. Even with disciplinary issues, they're going first couple of rounds. Other teams like Texas A&M, you see how low they are here? That's a situation where the coach makes players worse. And I think we've seen that's evident from the last couple of years. They, it doesn't matter how good the talent is when they get there. The coach cannot put players in position to succeed, can't develop those players to be better players. So 
they're low. And I think this them being ranked number 10 is kind of indicative of that. They're like, yeah, Jimbo ain't it. We know y'all got five stars, but you ain't it. So, yeah, they 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 take some shine off of off of uh, Texas A&M. I mean, his offense reason. is sudden in such disarray. It's hard. I mean, it, it's almost some, the complaint we begin to develop of Gus. It's like your offense is so unproductive, it's hard for any kid, regardless of talent, to flourish there. Um, but he got an OC, right? He got an OC. I, again, I want to hate Jimbo a lot, but I, I got to let – See what Petrino's going to do for him, man. He might make him look better this year. We'll see. Eric Pearson says, we all just need to take a chill pill. These preseason prognosticators don't have a clue. They're all outsiders looking in from a distance. If they were credible, they'd be Powerball winners. I agree, Eric. <laughs> I agree 100%. Hey, hey, man, listen. <laughs> Nobody knows. This Sports is the thing that so many people get wrong so often. I think it's funny when we all try to hold people accountable for wrong picks. Like, listen, man, I've... If I was really that good at picking stuff, I would be doing this show live from my uh, flat in Las Vegas because I would be a professional gambler. I'd be picking winners, winning 60% of my bets, and I don't know. I guess it would be 120 degrees out, and, and that's, that's the difference. It's so hard to get this stuff right consistently. So, yeah, a lot of them are guessing. The conversation is fun. The content is, is, is fun to talk about. But, and the yeah, fact man. that they got us talking about it, yeah, it's a win for them. Yeah. So, Rocky Raccoon says, I believe we are so low because of, this, of the many new players and a lot of unanswered questions at skill positions. But again, I think this plays into Ike's point. I don't think Auburn is the only program in the SEC with a lot of new players and skill positions. Yeah. So I, 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 I think that's what makes it egregious when you look at who is ranked ahead of us and how far ahead of us they're ranked ahead of us yeah. uh, with the same types of issues. New coaches and everything. Yeah.